anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. I was like, happy anniversary. <laughs> Yours is better. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I'm Latara. Hey, I'm Laura. And this is Passions Podcast. And today is the day after our anniversary. Yesterday was our anniversary. So a true Passions Podcast form. Yeah, we're, we're celebrating our anniversary wrong. A little bit late. <laughs> it's a little bit late, but that's okay. We make our own rules. Hell's yeah. What what are rules? Well, they don't have any in the show, exactly. so why should we have any? Why should we? We are the Passions Podcast. Passions doesn't have rules. We don't need no stinking rules. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. So today we're talking about Passions episodes 181 through 185, right? And they were litty titty. Man, these were great episodes. Like last week was boring, but these episodes were so fun. I had the best time. I had so much fun doing these. So mm-hmm. um, we're going to start with Shuis. Yes. Here's the summary for Shuis. Sheridan is packing her bags for her return to Paris as Ethan tries to convince her to stay in harmony. While packing her things, Sheridan randomly finds Jean-Luc's pocket knife, completely oblivious to the fact that Jean-Luc and Mimi were blown to smithereens in an explosion she herself was meant to die in. Sheridan calls Jean-Luc to tell him she'll be in Paris soon and would like to return his knife to him. Meanwhile in Paris, Roger and his goon happen to be in Jean-Luc's apartment shredding any documents linking them to Jean-Luc months after the fact. (laughs) They are also contemplating how to find the beautiful blonde American woman so that they can eliminate her. Roger answers the phone when Sheridan calls and he can't believe his luck. Neither could I. <laughs> he asks her name and, sh- and where in America she lives, but she only gives him her first name and no other information. Later, Sheridan runs into Luis at the book cafe and nearly tells him why she's so angry with him, but she once again neglects to do so. The end. The end. Yeah. So I am just tickled. Tickled. By the return of Roger. I had been harping on it and I had given up all hope and I just kind of started joking about it. Yeah. You know, it was a joke. We had been joking about it. But he's here. It's real. I happened to a few weeks ago. I happened to see like a spoiler on Twitter and I saw Roger. I was like, oh, shit. And then I saw what episodes it was and I was like, oh, shit, we're going to get there soon. And I was like, Laura's going to be so excited. (laughs) So pleased. So happy. I, I truly yeah we're definitely going back to Paris I can't wait yeah I love this I love this uh journey for us <laughs> I I love it for us too I love it for Sheridan she uh, needs this journey I think Sheridan uh, Sheridan 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 what she's really just backtracked how do you pro- solve a problem like Sheridan like she's becoming a little bit of a problem mm-hmm. but she ne- I, again I think she needs to do this to realize that this is the wrong move Mm -hmm. you know like I think she needs to go through this and go back and go backwards and realize I'm going backwards I think we all do that sometimes in our lives where we actually end up taking a step back because it's what's comforting to us descending back into old habits Mm -hmm. because you know that's what you knew and it was an old habit that you tried to break or thought you had broken but you know sometimes it's like a warm hug to bite your nails yeah you know no I understand uh I learned the term for this recently, a maladaptive coping mechanism Mm, mm -hmm. is what that's called. Very nice. (laughs) But yeah, like recognizing your, the flaw in your pattern and decision. What am I trying to say? Recognizing the flaws in 
the pattern of your decision making, I guess, if that's what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I think that makes sense. So, yeah, we're going back to Paris. Yeah. Roger and Lagoon. So they're in Jean-Luc's apartment. It's been eight months since they murdered him. Right. Why are they just now doing this? So it seemed to me like they had gone back in to do a cleanup uh, right after they murdered him and then have returned to see if they could find any other information or documentation of, but I, but it's been such a long time. Why isn't the, why isn't the place vacant? Yeah. How has this apartment been sitting fully furnished for eight months in Paris? Right. I mean, unless he owned it. Yeah. Maybe it was his house. He owned it. I mean, he probably, he was like a a drug runner. So he he probably bought, Had, had the money, bought it. Yeah. Unless it's Roger's property and he was, living in maybe it? but why wouldn't they have done that soon like i mean if it's his property then clean this shit out put put somebody put your new like liaison yeah. in there put your new thug in there yeah. whoever you liaison that's what he was he was like <laughs> the link between his My, of the american yeah. Drug lords and the pa- the French drug drug lords or some shit. Yes, this is my cocaine liaison, Jean Luc. Mm, fancy. <laughs> He's French. French. He's French. <laughs> um. So yeah, I was like, what the fuck? So then he talks about how they are. He's just like. <laughs> We must find that blonde American beautiful woman. That beautiful blonde American woman. My, he says that his uh, contact had given up looking for her months ago. So why is this now on your mind again? If she's not a problem anymore, then what are we doing? Can we very quickly talk about how there's a scene just before we go to Roger and Goon where in the hospital, like these two orderlies are talking with Tabitha and they're like, what's she saying? Is she speaking French? And she's like doing some kind of spell or whatever. She's speaking French and it cuts to Roger and goon. And he goes, the goon goes, qu'est-ce que c'est? What is wrong? (laughs) (laughs) It just, it just made me laugh. Well, Roger goes, mon Dieu. (laughs) Mon Dieu. It just made me laugh. Oh, gosh. They're, f- they're speaking French. Mon Dieu. Mon Dieu. Oh, I wrote it in my notes. Apparently, Interpol is now involved, and that's why Roger is tying up loose ends in a way that he didn't eight months ago. Yeah, they. I, I heard that part, too. It just didn't It just didn't gel for me. Is Interpol looking into Jean-Luc, and he's worried about that tying back to him we they, don't know we don't know they literally didn't, tell, didn't us. tell us that's why tell us. that's why it didn't work for me because they gave <laughs> us zero information they were just like now that interpol is involved in what way motherfucker <laughs> how oh god anyway so sheridan is packing up her shit she talks to Jean-Luc, tells him her name he's excited can't believe his fucking luck mm. can't believe his fucking luck this was crazy yeah, um, they just happened to be at Jean-Luc's house. Right. When she called. <sighs> of course it happened this way. And the conversation was interesting because she, he, Roger answers the phone, hello, and Sheridan says, hello, I'm looking for Jean-Luc or whatever, and she doesn't say her name. Usually if a person answers the phone and they don't know who I am, I say, hi, this is so-and-so calling for so-and-so. You know, like she knew that wasn't Jean-Luc. No, when I... 
when I call somewhere, I'll say like, well, what I was taught was that you say, may I please speak to, mm-hmm. right? Like if the wrong, if somebody answers the phone, like when I would call my friends and stuff, I would say like, may I, may I please speak to Colby? Oh, see, I I was taught, hi, this is so-and-so, may I please speak to, or I'm calling for. I was taught, you say, may I please speak to, and a lot of times the other person might say, like, may I ask who's calling? I was taught Mm. to ask that. May Mm. I ask who's calling Mm -hmm. when somebody called for my mom? Mm, Interesting. Yeah. Whenever anyone called for my mom or my dad and I answered the phone, they thought I was that person. Me too. My my. <laughs> Since I was a child. When I was a kid, well, all my life, my sister, my mom, me, my mom, and my sister all got mistaken for each other on the phone, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I don't know. Is yeah. it interesting? It's not. I don't know. I guess it I is. I said it was interesting, so it must so be. So it must be. So it must be true. <laughs> <laughs> I never tell lies. Like Pilar. Like Pilar. Just like Pilar, she never tells I a never, lie. You never tell a lie, Pilar. Now I have a question: Did Sheridan have his pocket knife or his pocket watch? Pocket knife is what I wrote. Oh, okay. I wrote pocket watch. Both seem like such small trinkets. Why would you? She said want to return them. She said, "Oh, he said it was an heirloom," and then in the same breath was like, "But he was a liar, so he probably was lying about that too." Girl, that man cheated on you while you were in the other room. Throw that shit away. Literally on the other side of the wall. I think she just wants to go see him again. Yes, because she is backsliding. Yeah. Yes. She just wants to go see him again. She's backsliding. She's Little making up a she fucking know. excuse. We've all done it. That's I've true. done it. I've been doing it recently. <laughs> 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 you know, sometimes you're like, well, the dick was all right. <laughs> you will not. <laughs> I will not allow it. I've been putting my foot down. Yeah. Don't you even think about it, girl. Okay, I won't. <laughs> I'm going to tell you exactly what Ethan tells Sheridan Okay. when he's speaking to this beautiful 20-something-year-old woman who's worried that she's never going to find a man and have a family. It's not too late. And he's not wrong. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He also, again, is like, what about me, Sheridan? You should stay for my sake. You're already abandoning me in the middle of me planning a wedding. He makes it all about himself. He sucks. And he's not planning the wedding. Gwen is pulling his teeth out to get him to sit there while she (laughs) plans the wedding. And she's not planning the wedding either. Teresa did it all. This is some bullshit. We'll get get to the Teresa stuff. That's coming up next. Yeah. Also, Sheridan had a moment when she was speaking with Ethan um, about the past and everything that happened with Jean-Luc and all this. And she says, I suddenly have the feeling like someone walked over my grave. And this is when Roger and his goon are talking about having her killed and all this other stuff. Is Sheridan starting to pick up some of the witchy vibes, like some of the magic stuff? Is she picking up on that or? I don't know. I think, I don't know if it's, I think, okay, here's what I think. I think like those waves wavelengths and vibes just exist in this world Mm. and you don't have to necessarily be special to feel them but some people are more in tune to them Mm. and i i don't know because also remember sheridan like had that whole conversation with princess diana who was dead (laughs) he had that she had that whole conversation with the ghost of princess diana that's true so sheridan She's got a little, like, <laughs> something, a clairvoyance going on. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. I did I did forget. And I think also Sheridan is, like, a good person, kind of like Charity. Like, she's good, so maybe she feels certain things a little bit mm, more deeply. Certain energies. Yeah. Picking up the right wavelength. Yeah. But I don't really know. Anyway. So, anyway, this whole thing is happening, and all of a sudden, Gwen interrupts. With that fucking portfolio... And she also 
makes everything about herself and is like, you're already leaving us during the wedding. Mama, mama. Mm-hmm. Don't want to make this about me, but. But it is about me. You <laughs> leaving Paris for Paris is all about me, right? Yeah. So she, sh- she wants to show her all the wedding plans and I understand she's excited to do that. And uh, Gwen suddenly is like, wait a minute. I need to go to the book cafe to browse the music selections. And so they all head off to the book cafe and Sheridan is worried. She's like, what if I run into Louise? Yeah, because, okay, because there was one specific song in, this didn't make any sense, in Teresa's portfolio that she had written down as a song she wanted to do for their first dance. Um, Why would you go to the book? cafe to find a song why wouldn't you go to a record store there is none in harmony i there's got to be a mall somewhere nearby i didn't see a, one on the map with a fucking sam goody you know yeah. with an fyi yeah I, it's 19 it's 2000 cd stores abound i think they i think they are positing uh this little cafe as one of these cool joints that has like books and board games and cds and magazines like they like they're they're extending and expanding what is at the book cafe but here's the problem when they go to the book cafe they ask chad if he has so they go to the book cafe to listen to the song Mm -hmm. he has a cd of it but it's not for sale right why did they go to the book cafe because one wants to hear it Okay. I mean, it doesn't make but sense. But she was like, I love this song and I think it would be great. Yeah. Do they, because do they know Chad? They don't really know Chad, do they? Uh, they met him at the Seascapes. So maybe they know that since he's the DJ. That he knows And he's music. at the book cafe, maybe. Girl, I don't know. I don't know. It's stupid. Anyway, it was all a ploy to get these three people to the book cafe where Teresa, Whitney, and Luis all were. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sheridan, this was also very fucking stupid. So Sheridan's like, I don't know if I want to go to the book cafe because I'm worried I'll run into a, I'll run into Louise. A good, that's a smart thought. You, that's a, it's a, there's a very good chance you might run into Louise at the book cafe. That's where y'all all, everybody always is. But Ethan talks her out of it and he's like, oh, well it's late. I'm sure he's on patrol. You wouldn't run into him. And he talks her into going. Yeah. He goes at this time of night. And honestly, it's just because Ethan doesn't want to go do wedding stuff and he wants her to be a third wheel so that he can pawn it off onto her. So of course they go to the book cafe and of course she runs into Louise. Mm hmm. And she actually like sits down with him to talk with him. He, cause he says, uh, she was like, Oh no. And he says, you know what? What if we split harmony down the middle? We'll just split it. <laughs> I'll stay on my side and you stay on yours. Like a, like a sitcom where two siblings have a, have to share a room and they mark the room with chalk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You build that fort down the center of the bed. Don't roll onto my side how, of the bed. How many times have you seen that? Like, trope in a tv show like a sitcom like a kid's sitcom i don't watch tv and even i know about that yeah they just like tape <laughs> down the middle yeah and it never works out of course not. it never works out it always goes wrong and sheridan seems to know this because she tells him that there's no need because she's going to be leaving very soon she's heading off to gay paris yeah and, and he of course assumes oh you're heading back to see jean-luc to go be with him and she goes well i am gonna go see him but i'm not going after a man yeah i'm not pathetic and desperate enough to get back with a man who tried to use me and deceive me and like she's obviously talking about Luis in this moment but she's just using jean-luc as an example Mm -hmm. because she doesn't want to accuse Luis to his face and i don't understand is it like 
is it her pride that's getting in the way of her just coming out with this and saying it to his face? That's what Alistair said. I don't know how he knows his daughter so well when she grew up on the other side of the ocean. It's all that recon. And he never came to see her. He's got spies all over. I guess so. Because he was right. She just will not say it. Yeah. At all. Nope. She won't talk about it. Because Luis tries again. He tries. Yeah. And she's, this pissed me off. She sits down. She's like, I'm going to tell you what happened. And she sits down and they start to talk. And then that fucking song, which was completely unmemorable, couldn't tell you how it went, starts to play the song that Ethan and Gwen want to dance to at their wedding, starts to play. And she goes, this song, it was playing that night that we were at the pool hall. And then they start to reminisce about being at the pool hall together. And they have like a little like nice moment. And she just gets up and leaves i know what the fuck was that i don't know that was so annoying she pulled a grace she <laughs> grace we'll get to that grace <laughs> just keeps walking out of conversations for no fucking reason oh my this god week. it was it was yeah, stupid ridiculous but sheridan basically does that she's like all right i'll tell you sits down changes the subject stands up and leaves didn't didn't even broach the topic that they were supposed to talk about at all then she goes for a little walk along the harbor and she drops her scarf and she keeps on walking and then louise follows behind and he sees her scarf and picks it up and he's like he sniffs it he's like this is sheridan's (laughs) (laughs) she turns around to get the scarf and he gives it to her and she's like how did you know it was mine and instead of saying i was just looking at you two seconds ago and you were wearing this scarf he says well I smelled your perfume and you're the only one who wears this fragrance. The scent, <laughs> the scent of a woman. And it, yeah, it's just, it's so obvious these two want to talk and there's no good reason preventing them from talking. And that is what's annoying to me. So annoying. So he gives her the scarf and he goes, bon voyage. <laughs> <laughs> Which cracked me up. Bon, bon voyage. And she leaves. And that's it for the Sheridan and, and Louis stuff this yeah. week, right? I wonder if we're going to see her flying herself to Paris. Girl, <laughs> like Amelia Earhart. Oh, she flew him to Santa Fe. Yeah, she did. But that's a cross-Atlantic trip. That's I don't true. Know if she could make it. She know. could do that by, her, by herself with all that luggage. Yeah, she'll have to uh, take the Concorde. <laughs> take the Concorde. <laughs> Sheridan's got a lot of baggage. <laughs> she's got so much baggage. <laughs> she does have so... She's got so much baggage. Bag lady. She's a bag lady. Mm. She's got baggage. So that's it for them. Yep. Yep. All right. Teresa? Yeah. Yeah. Since we're... Should we? Since since we're gonna. Should we talk about Teresa? Since we're gonna talk about Teresa. I love Teresa so much. Let's talk about I Teresa. Feel, I feel so bad for her. Okay. So here's the summary. Teresa and Whitney rush over to the Crane Mansion to retrieve the incriminating page with Teresa's name on it from Teresa's wedding portfolio. When they get there, Ethan and Gwen are already going through the designs in the portfolio. Teresa manages to get a moment alone with the portfolio, but Ethan and Gwen return to the room as soon as she finds the page. They badger her about what's on the page she took, but she refuses to show it to them and frantically throws it into the fireplace. I just remembered watching that. That was so stupid. (laughs) Okay, here's the next part. We then find out that Gwen has ordered a prototype of the bridal bouquet that Teresa designed. (laughs) This upsets Teresa greatly and she makes an excuse and escapes this nightmare. 
Later at the book cafe, Teresa accidentally embraces and dances with Ethan, but Whitney makes an excuse for her when Ethan questions her about her actions, and he accepts it. Gwen receives a phone call that she has to go to New York for an undetermined amount of time for work. She asks Teresa to do all of all of her wedding planning with Ethan while she's gone. And Teresa agrees. Happily. Okay. I have so many thoughts. So many thoughts. So many thoughts. I have to organize them in my mind here. Okay. So this wedding portfolio stuff that's going on at the Crane Mansion is so out of line. Mm -hmm. And Teresa is trying to put her foot down and is trying to be polite about it. And anytime she offers an opinion about her belongings, other people ignore them, walk all over them. And and just do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, I don't know why she wouldn't just say, I'm sorry there's been a misunderstanding. This was all work I had done for my wedding for to Chuck. To Chuck. They because think- they think she was engaged to Chuck. Yeah. And that she was in love with Chuck. I don't know why she wouldn't just say, this has been a, a misunderstanding. This is supposed to be my dream wedding. And like, I don't feel comfortable with you taking it. You know what? Even if she did say that, they would ignore her. Though. That's true. I mean, I, I agree that that's exactly what a reasonable person would say. And a reasonable person would respond by, oh, my gosh, I am so sorry. I didn't know. Of course, this is your stuff. But that's not what Gwen is going to do. Can we talk about Pilar for a second? Pilar is like, maybe it's for the best. <laughs> Pilar Pilar is on Gwen's side. It's bullshit. Pilar's like, maybe, maybe we should just let them find that page. And maybe it's best that the truth comes out. And like, you are humiliated my daughter and what's gonna happen to her what's gonna happen yeah i don't i don't i don't know what polar is on but it isn't (laughs) i don't get this she's on she's on that truth catholicism (laughs) she's on some catholicism on that reconciliation yeah (laughs) yeah so this this whole fucking thing the 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 flowers up okay do we call the, it a prototype bouquet? They called that in they the show. It, they but called it. But is that a, a thing? Is that a thing? A prototype bouquet? I I mean I I maybe that's just the best way they could describe it. Like it's not the actual bouquet, but it's like this is what it will be. I don't know. Do I wouldn't you say a that? sample. I don't know. I thought that was what so, else would you call it? I don't know. I, I mean, rich people probably do shit like that where they're like, I mean, yeah, because you go. And look at different bouquets and things like that. So if you had a specific one in mind and you don't really know exactly how it's going to look, you have it made. And they aren't the kind of couple that's going to go to the shop. Yeah, they bring it to They're going to have it brought to them. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. I just That just struck me as so odd. It, it was, it especially, was ugly. Yeah. It I, was so ugly. It was as big as Teresa. Yeah. Yeah. Truly, like the top half of her. I think it was also just ugly because Gwen was holding it. Oh, yeah. Even when Teresa was holding it, though, I didn't like it. And that's not a dig on. I mean, that is a dig on Gwen, not on her looks, but just she's such an ugly like person. person. Like mm-hmm. her personality is just so. Ugh. Mm. Can't stand the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand him. I can't stand him. So, uh, yeah, Teresa um, at one point picks up the bouquet and Ethan and Gwen leave the room for some reason there's a bunch of times there's a lot of times in these episodes where people just leave the room for no reason well I used to write down why (laughs) 
Because they usually give some excuse. They do, but it's stupid. Come look at this window pane or something. And they're like, oh, interesting. And so they go do the thing. I have stopped writing it down because it's stupid. Because it's stupid. Yeah, because it's just a device to get those people out of the way. Exactly. And it's a waste of time to write about or talk about. so. So Teresa picks up this bouquet and fantasizes about marrying ethan and then she tells whitney that i i can't do this yeah. <laughs> she's like i can't watch her have my dream wedding to also Teresa is distraught the entire morning how do these people not know that she's upset she's like in fucking tears because they don't care about Teresa. oh one other thing so while ethan and and gwen are looking at the wedding stuff um Ethan is not interested and tells Gwen he doesn't want to do anything. And she's like, no, at least help me with like the floral arrangements and blah, blah, blah. And he says, okay, but you owe me. Ugh. Yeah. I, I just, don't, I didn't even catch that. That's gross. I just wanted to complain about it. He's gross. I, yeah. He's just gross. We do need to talk about the, the moment where Teresa finds the picture. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> so they, they've left the room. Teresa's thumbing through the portfolio, like a, like a maniac trying to find this photo. Or the um, drawing, and she does, and then she holds it up to her, her to hide it because Ethan and Gwen come back in the room. Yeah, and they're like, "What's that you're holding, Teresa? Saving the best for last." They literally try to grab it out of her arms, out yeah, of her hands. They like almost wrestle her for it. Yes, <laughs> it's ridiculous. And desperate Teresa, left with no other choice because these people are grabbing at the thing, throws it in the fireplace. She basketball fakes them the fuck out (laughs) and like dribbles the thing and then like slam dunks it in the fireplace. (laughs) It was amazing. (laughs) And these people are so nosy. And they, but here's the thing. Leave her alone. But here's the thing, Laura. First of all, when she found it, as soon as she found it, she should have just crumpled it up and put it like in her purse. You yeah. know what I mean? Or under her shirt or something. Like as soon as she she held it there for a while and like talked to Whitney, talked to Pilar, just yeah. like. And then when they came back and she did all that shit, this was crazy. Whitney multiple times in these episodes just like jumps in and speaks for Teresa because they're like, "Why did you do that, Teresa?" Because I mean, understandably, they were like confused. I would be like, "What the fuck was on that paper?" Mm. <laughs> you know, I would be very suspicious that was weird that was fucking weird that's definitely strange behavior and Whitney jumps in and says oh Teresa's just such a perfectionist that she doesn't want you all to see something that she didn't deem was worthy or some bullshit and they're like oh okay oh okay (laughs) they just accept it I mean she did like acrobatics to throw it away (laughs) to burn it to burn it so no one could ever look at it to destroy it (laughs) oh my gosh so as so they continue looking through things and Gwen is fawning over this particular sketch of a wedding dress that Teresa designed and Gwen on the spot makes the executive decision that Teresa is now their wedding planner yeah and what the fuck and she says we she says quote we want your dream wedding to be our dream wedding so she knows yeah she knows she knows because why else would you say that Gwen to a certain degree knows that that this is upsetting Teresa and she is deriving pleasure from it because Teresa couldn't possibly have had enough time to do all of this between when they got engaged and now right Right. Like she said herself, this was years worth of work. 
Anyway, <sighs> she wants Teresa to plan her wedding. Teresa smartly goes, well, I've got school. Because <laughs> that's what I was like. What about these girls are seniors in high school. They need to go to school. I haven't seen them at school one time. I just I know I've seen Whitney at school like twice. Yeah. I haven't seen it. these kids. In, I haven't seen any of these kids at school in months at all. Not since the the Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving Day pageant, pageant. and the yep. fire situation. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Teresa makes that excuse, but Gwen basically doesn't accept it. She's like, well, you can do, you can work from home. (laughs) Yeah, you can work from home. So later, all these people wind up at the book cafe, and Teresa's looking at magazines, and um, she hears the song that everyone, the the song that I can't remember the melody to. Couldn't for the life of me. That all of these couples are talking about. It's playing. And so she closes her eyes and she starts having her little Ethan fantasy about getting married to him and having their first dance together. And in real life, Ethan comes up behind her and she leans into him and starts like slow dancing with him with her eyes closed. She turns her body around to him Mm -hmm. and embraces him and starts to dance with him because Gwen and Ethan came to the book cafe separately from Teresa and, and Whitney. Teresa and, Teresa and Whitney escaped to the book cafe after their horrible time at the mansion. Mm-hmm. And Teresa had just said to Whitney, you know what? I'm going to get back to my dreams as a fashion designer. I'm going to go over there and look at some fashion magazines and get some inspiration. And Gwen and Ethan, as we talked about, came to this book cafe specifically to hear this song for whatever reason. Again, none of it makes any sense. So when the song comes on, which is a song that Teresa had picked out for her first dance with Ethan. She like goes into a fugue state (laughs) and starts dancing with Ethan. She like fucking disassociates. Because why would he be there? Why would this song be playing? And then he's actually there in real life. I mean, what are the, what are the fucking odds? You know? Yeah. She turns her, close her eyes, turns around and starts, holds him tight and starts dancing with the man. And he pulls away after a while He dances with her for a little while. But then he looks at her and says, Teresa, why did you start dancing with me? And once again, Whitney makes a beeline across the cafe. Whitney is Teresa's angel. Mm -hmm. She is an angel on earth. Absolutely. Uh, She comes across the, the book cafe and she makes a very stupid excuse which ethan accepts i don't even remember what the excuse was which ethan accepts and then smiles and thanks Teresa for being such a perfectionist and working so hard to plan this spectacular wedding for him and gives her another kiss on the cheek yup who does that who says thank you for planning my wedding to another woman and then kisses that woman in front of you i mean like what the fuck yeah and then he goes back and sits with gwen Who's then he, trying to plan their wedding? And she and this is when she gets the phone call. Oh and my god! It, there's this business. There's this merger that's going on with another company, and they want her to be in New York to help oversee it. And she's like, I don't know how long I'm going to be there, but I know I'm going to be so busy in the weeks leading up to our wedding because now, because remember, Gwen wants to put this wedding together in a matter of months, of two or three months, two or three months. She wants a spring a spring wedding, and it is March because it's St. Patrick's it's Day. St. Patrick's apparently. Day. Yeah. So I mean yeah march march april may May. i mean and we're in the middle of march so two months yeah not a lot of time and all of a sudden she's getting called away to work she's like what the fuck am i gonna do and then she has the bright idea that Teresa's gonna do it all so she presses Teresa 
into service basically Mm -hmm. says I need you to do all of the wedding stuff and this is when Teresa's like I've got school I can't be you know I can do it but I have to do it from home and please explain this to me because I don't understand why Gwen says that's too bad I'm gonna need you to be doing it in person with Ethan why yeah she's like I want you to there's one thing you can't she says this exactly well that's a problem Teresa because there's one thing you can't do from home Teresa says what she says be with Ethan. She tells Teresa, it'll make me feel a lot better to know that you are with him. I feel so terrible that I ever misjudged you and thought that you were after Ethan. Obviously, you were, have been our biggest su- supporter. You're such a good friend, Teresa. What? What? I need you to stay close with him while I'm out of town, just in case some other hussies get in the way. Or like, what the? What? 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 You were just fighting with this girl. I mean... Hor- has said some horrible things about Teresa. Mm-hmm. She called her every bitch in the book. Okay. She called her a gold digger. She called, she, I mean, she has on numerous occasions j- referred to her as the housekeeper's daughter. Mm-hmm. I, I just talked about their different socioeconomic classes and how that makes them different people. <laughs> and, and that based on their, uh, their, their status and their wealth, they have different, different merits Gwen is yeah she's terrible the worst and so I don't understand this at all so basically Gwen Gwen has no friends has hired Teresa to babysit her boyfriend to babysit her boyfriend fiance and and hired is not hired is not the right word because I didn't hear any contract information like bitch send me a contract true that's a good point you want me to plan your entire fucking wedding also you need to pay me for my fucking sketches and all my goddamn work and all my work and meanwhile this girl is like you said a high school student she's a child they also talk about high because Teresa says to her, well, I'm sure you want to get a professional. Yeah. Like the 17 year old girl is telling them the most reasonable things. I'm sure you want to get a professional to uh, plan your wedding. Someone from Paris or New York. And Gwen goes, well, we'll just hire a professional and have them use your sketches. But then later on, it's like, no, you have to do it. Oh my God. I, it, it makes no sense. And it makes no sense that our lovable lunatic is being the most reasonable person here. That part is also. Well, odd. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's because she's trying while Sheridan is backsliding. Teresa is truly trying to get out of this situation and move on with her life. She, she made really a promise is. to God. She made a promise to God. She made a promise to mon Dieu. <laughs> she made a promise to God. But so, fate had other plans. So uh, uh, once Gwen, I mean, I mean, how much can a girl, one girl take? I mean, how much temptation can you avoid? I mean, yeah. the girl just gave her her boyfriend on a silver platter and said, I'll be gone for at least a few weeks. Teresa's like, plan the most romantic day of my life with my fiance. Yeah. Teresa's like, and keep a close eye on it. Okay. Bitch, ever seen the movie The Wedding Planner? With uh, Jennifer Lopez? Mm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've never seen that movie. (laughs) I'm nodding and saying as if I've seen that movie. I've never seen that movie, but I'm pretty sure the premise is that the the husband or the fiancé, male fiancé, falls in love with the wedding planner, who is Jennifer Lopez, because she's Jennifer Lopez. I mean, I fall in love with her every time I see her, too. All right. What are we doing next? Girl, I don't know. Uh, That was Teresa. That was all of Teresa. Do we need to do Whitney? 
Whitney and Chad a little bit? Yeah, let's talk about Whitney and Chad and all this. Well, so Whitney spends a shit time. Whitney spends the majority of her time just like digging Teresa out of holes. And then running back to Chad in between. Yeah. Uh, She and Chad have a conversation where she asks Chad if he's ever been in love. Yeah, they have a little bit of a banter back and forth. And then she asks him straight to his face. And he says, well, you know, I've... I've been involved with a few girls, but I have never had a love where my heart is doing backflips like the like the songs all say. And she says, well, then you're no more experienced than I am. Where do you get off trying to tell me about love and what I'm going to feel for a boy when you've never felt that for a girl? And he says, the difference between you and me is that my heart is open to it and yours is closed off. So I don't know. That's basically it. I don't know why... Like, it seems like it's important because we're starting to do this a lot, but it doesn't go anywhere. Well, I think that's the point is that they just are establishing establishing it and making sure that we, anybody who shows up, hasn't seen the episodes or maybe showed up this time and hasn't seen the, the past 200 episodes knows that these two people are kind of a love interest, but that they are, um, pulling away well that Whitney's trying to pull away from him you know Mm -hmm. uh so yeah I think it's just a a matter of here's some information that some people might not know Mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah and we're just gonna give you a little bit of it but that's all that happened with Whitney I'm glad we're doing more than just Whitney as Teresa's sidekick and Whitney loves tennis you know like I'm glad we're doing more than just that oh yeah and I mean Whitney's and that's another thing is they I think part of them showing people oh make sure you know these two characters because they do have a big storyline. Mm-hmm. It is coming. Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't you worry. Okay. She's not just going to be Teresa's sidekick. Good. All right. So you ready to go on to magic? Always. This is my favorite storyline. The magic of passions. I love <laughs> the magic of passions. <laughs> On some of the episodes yeah. it opens like that. <laughs> it always makes me laugh experience uh, the magic of passion and i always like i mean it's the same thing every time but I always like look away because i don't want any spoilers because oh. i know they show a couple things and i was like no i don't want to see yeah. <laughs> i don't want to see into the a future l- a lot of the people on there are like s- characters who we haven't met yet mm-hmm. and or like second actors of characters who we do know oh yeah because yeah, i was looking i mean i saw a couple and i was like i don't know who that person is but i know who sheridan is <laughs> There's one person in one of those that I was like, oh, shit, I fucking forgot about him in that stupid storyline. Fucking Spike. That's going to be a whole thing. Great. One of my friend's dogs is named Spike. Many years down the line, that's going to be a whole fucking thing. (laughs) All right. So uh, magic. Here's the summary. Charity receives an experimental drug that will make her hallucinations go away, but will also make her extremely susceptible to suggestion. Tabitha sends Charity subliminal messages through the vent that connects their rooms to to kill Miguel. Miguel, Simone, and Kay sneak onto the psychiatric ward to visit Charity. They find Charity's room and quickly visit with her. As they are leaving, Simone makes an excuse to go back into Charity's room alone and she removes the bird statue from the teddy bear where it was hidden. The kids return to the Bennett home where Kay plots to get Miguel drunk and rape him so that he will have to marry her. (laughs) 
Fortunately for Miguel, Kay's plan is thwarted when Charity stops having visions and Dr. Watts releases her to go home. Once home, Charity keeps having the intense urge to stab Miguel in the back with kitchen scissors. The angel shows up to try and keep Charity from murdering Miguel. That's it. That's it. That's all I got. You did it. Also, Tabitha's like stuck in the psych ward. <laughs> yeah. Tab- yeah. <laughs> right Tabitha that, and Timmy up. are just being great. Yeah. You know, and they're unfortunately doing it doesn't lend to like the actual plot. They're they're just being excellent as always. Oh my gosh. Oh. So let's 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 talk about this. Okay. So I guess let's talk about Simone first. Mm-hmm. I am so glad that she finally did something because she was the only person who was ever going to be able to because she knew about the bird statue and that stupid teddy bear. Yeah. Also, can we talk about like how did these kids manage to sneak into this psych ward? Yeah. Sh- shouldn't it be There's under three, lock and key? Three of them. How they managed to sneak in. The nurse's station is right there. Yeah. There's the nurses and orderlies and doctors walking around. Yeah. Yeah. And they snuck into their patients into like, her room. locked rooms. Yeah. I don't, I well, the, didn't Simone and uh, Kay actually run into a nurse mm-hmm. at after. one point? Mm-hmm. Oh, afterwards. And she was like, what the what the fuck are you doing here? And they were like, oh, our friend's here, blah, blah, blah. She's like, okay, well, you can't be back here, but you can. I'll let you be in this area. Simone says, we just wanted to, like, explore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm Eve Russell's daughter. And we were just exploring. She, and the, the nurse was like, I think it'd be best best if you explore that way. <laughs> well, they, I think Kay made the excuse that she was really interested in psychiatry and wanted to pursue that after high school. Yeah, probably. So She's a liar. Yeah, she is a liar. She is a liar. She has many lie. things. And a liar is one of them. Uh, so was it before or after they left? I mean, before they got there or after that, Tabitha does her kill miguel she was kill do- miguel. she was doing it before they got there she and was- continued after they left exactly right? yep mm-hmm. kill him kill miguel you must kill miguel charity you must kill miguel miguel must die and you must kill him i mean she does you it- must kill him yourself she does it for so long she found so many different ways to say the same six words yeah, it was very miguel. impressive kill miguel kill the beast kill, kill the beast kill the beast um so yeah the the kids sneak in and then when they're leaving, Simone says, oh, I left my bag in there. I need to go back and get it. You guys go ahead. And she goes back in and she takes the bird statue out of the bear and she puts it in her bag. Smart. Good. Great. Wonderful. What isn't this was smart? Great. What isn't? Sorry. Do you want to say that again? No. What isn't smart is that Simone takes that bag with Kay back to the Bennett house. Yes. Like go home, Simone. Don't take the incriminating thing back to the house. Go home. And so when they get back to the house, Kay's like, what are you, what have you got in that bag, Simone? You've been holding it close to your chest and like taking such good care of it. What have you got in there that you, is it a secret? And she like takes the bag from her. She says, if I didn't know any better, I think you had the bird statue in here, but you never betray me. Your very best friend in the world. So for a while I was like, oh, does Kate under like, no. Yeah. For, I thought maybe she was, um, 
intimidating Simone by doing yeah, that. But no, she's just dumb. Yeah, she just didn't know. She was just goofing, I guess. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, she was just saying it in a really threatening way. Well, Kay seems to think that she just is unstoppable. You know, she she really thinks that she's going to get what she wants and no one's going to stand in her way. Yeah. Be, because so they've left charity. They back at the at the psych ward. They don't know that she, that the doctor is there, that she's going to be released. All of this stuff, um, especially Kay, because she thinks that the statue is still in the, her room. So while the kids are at the Bennett house, Kay uh, has convinced Miguel or thinks she has convinced Miguel to go on a date with her to the lobster shack in an attempt to cheer him up on St. Patrick's day. Yeah. It, it's all very ridiculous. It's very ridiculous. And then it takes a turn dark, in a very turn. dark way because Kay has decided to solidify her relationship with Miguel. She's going to sleep with him come hell or high water. And her plan is to just get him hammered. Yeah, she's like, I'll sneak this vodka into some orange juice or something. Yeah, she's raiding her parents' liquor cabinet. Yeah. And he won't be able to taste it, and I'll get him so drunk he won't know what's happening. Girl. He won't be able to get it up. That's rape. He also won't be able to get it up. Y'all are not going to be able to have sex. She doesn't know that. She doesn't know about liquor dick yet. Yeah, she doesn't know anything about it, but... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like she's he, about to. You're also not going to be able to have sex with him. Nope. No, you will not. So she, yeah, so she's doing all this. And Simone is horrified, and rightly so, and mm-hmm. is trying to tell her, please don't date rape our friend. That's a terrible thing. And uh, <gasps> Kay she, says, because oh, it, yeah. it, Simone's like, it's not right. And what Kay says is, it isn't right for Miguel's hot, hard body going to waste, waiting for charity. Miguel will be mine, drunk or sober. I wrote that too. I wrote that too. <laughs> that His was, hot, she, hard body. She says she will have her way with him. And then she escalates as if this isn't bad enough. She escalates. Kay is insane. I am firmly team charity right now largely because charity isn't speaking and k is (laughs) let's be honest whoever is doing more talking is the one i tend to dislike more but but k says that miguel will feel guilty for taking her virginity and will therefore be forced to stay with her after they have sex and then she's like wait a minute that's not far enough instead of just having sex with him i should get pregnant maybe i should have a baby just to be sure (laughs) that's what she says insane if i have a baby he'll have no choice but to marry me he'll have choices but you won't she goes once i once i uh have sex with miguel i'll tell him you took my virginity miguel what man will have me now and he'll have to marry me the fuck this antiquated idea this child what do you what she's unwell yeah. What have Grace and Sam taught her? Nothing. That she's that she's out here spitting out this shit. They clearly have taught her nothing. Abstinence only sex education. Nope. This is what you, you get. You know what? They are Catholic. This so is that, what the fuck you get. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> These girls think that boys have to marry them if they take their virginity. That's true. It's, it's ridiculous. I went to Catholic school all the way up through th- sixth grade and yeah, I definitely remember being in health class and abstinence only and we had to like sign uh purity promises and all this bullshit and it's like I'm, yeah it was super fucked up gross yeah, <laughs> yeah it was gross so uh she's plotting on miguel in in the living room and then miguel gets a phone call from charity because charity's visions have stopped and dr watts has told her she's good to go she's like and dr watts thinks it's the this stupid fucking drug right which should not again i think i said this last week but what 
pharmaceutical agency approved this drug to be put on the market. Because another thing that I don't understand is how do the like how do the side effects work? Like if she's not on the drug anymore, how long does that side effect last? How mm-hmm. long is she susceptible to suggestion? Mm-hmm. And like sure, the suggestion was made while she was on the drug, but like the drug eventually wears off, right? Why why doesn't the suggestion wear off? That's a good point. Well, maybe because Tabitha is frantically trying to get her point through the vent, through uh-huh. that adjoining room vent. Uh, and I wonder if maybe that's why not only is she up against the clock because Charity is leaving, but also because she's got to get her mission done within a certain time frame. Maybe. Before it wears off. Maybe. Because how how long are we going to do this? Hopefully not for very long. Oh my God. Because we've already done this. We've already done this. But this is a new... This is a, <laughs> a whole different level because Charity... Is at the hospital. She's being released. Sam and Grace are there, but let her be taken home by a random nurse by herself. Yes. What the (laughs) hell was that? I'm so glad you brought that up because I wrote it down. And yeah, why aren't they driving her home? Because they want to fuck around and talk to fucking Ivy and Eve. (laughs) Like It's so dumb. (sighs) So this random nurse is going to drop Charity off at home once she finishes her shift, I guess. I guess. And um, uh, so she calls Miguel and tells him, guess what? I'm coming home. And then when she gets off the phone with him, and he's so excited, once she gets off the phone with him, she says, I just really need to see Miguel. I have this feeling that I have something I need to give him. She just <laughs> keeps saying that. There's something I feel like I need to give Miguel. I hope it's a kiss. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It ain't no kiss. Yeah. So, so she goes home gets dropped off after being in the psych ward. Like this, this child has been through the fucking ringer and she just gets dropped off at home at the back door. They wheeled her out of there. Yeah. She wheeled her out in a fucking wheelchair. Poor Charity. God, I feel bad for her. I feel so bad for her. I do like that. She's kind of under this spell because she gets dropped off at home and we get to see you know, some acting chops. We get to see this different side of charity. I feel like the, her direction up to this point has been like, you're a sweet, innocent lamb, mm-hmm. you know, and that's it. And now she's a murderous villain. This dark charity. Yeah. She's yeah. And you're right. She's picking up these kitchen scissors and she's, and, and she's raising them, but she's like, why do I, why do I have these scissors? <laughs> so stupid. What am yeah. I doing? Why? She, well, she walks in, she doesn't say anything any fucking thing Miguel's like sitting at the table with his back turned to the door she walks in she sees the kitchen scissors on the counter she picks them up and she just like walks towards Miguel psycho style right with it like up in the air and then he turns around and sees her and she like hides them behind her back she's like oh Miguel you know and so they hug and whatever and like multiple times he's like has his back turned and she's about to stab him. Yeah. He's like making hot chocolate one time. He's like doing something in the fridge another time. He's, he's like making the, the fire, fire. Yeah. and she just keeps. And also why are there scissors everywhere in this house? No, it's the same pair of scissors. Like, oh, he, cause okay. She, so the first time in the kitchen when he, with the hot chocolate, he turns, she turns around, they hug, whatever. And then he notices the scissors. He's like, why do you have these scissors? And she's like, I don't know. 
know. And then she puts them down. And then he goes out into the living room and she grabs the scissors again and Ah. takes them with her. She keeps taking the same scissors with her. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, they go into the living room. She almost stabs him again. This time, though, Kay comes in and sees it happening, Mm -hmm. which I didn't realize. I didn't know if she had seen it or not because she didn't say anything about it. And it looked fucking suspicious as hell. As hell. I would have said something about it immediately. Like, bitch, what are you doing? (laughs) the fuck don't kill the man i intend to rape (laughs) i was gonna rape him you're gonna murder him (laughs) yeah Kay would just be mad she would just be mad that charity out uh perpetrated her yeah (laughs) she's a a worse criminal (laughs) so uh yeah so she Kay comes in and Kay has gotten into her most sexiest outfit which covers her entire body (laughs) (laughs) she's like do you think miguel will like me in this i'm gonna seduce him with my ankles covered (laughs) my ankles and my wrists are fully covered (laughs) she's fully covered yeah it was a cute outfit it was a cute outfit but also they're teenagers so i love that they're not walking around with like crazy sexy outfits but she the fact that that was her, like she specifically was like, I'm going to go put on my sexiest outfit yeah. and then came back down dressed like an orthodox schoolgirl. Well, she is, a, <laughs> she, you know, they are Catholic <laughs> AF. Yeah. Yeah. So, so she, 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 she sees charity and she's been thwarted. She's like, damn, she's like charity's back. And now I don't get to go on my date and, uh, I'm mad about it. So she, um, kind of convinces charity that she's not feeling well and should probably get some rest as a ploy to get to spend time with Miguel and charity bites. She goes upstairs to get some sleep and Kay is like, perfect. I can still make my move. Miguel, let's hang out. And he, cause he's heading to the door. He's like, all right, I'm going to leave. Hila- it was hilarious. <laughs> and she's like, what the fuck? Where are you going? I thought we we're going to hang out. It was hilarious to me because he was like, well, Cha- he really, he had like an attitude with her. He was like, charity's resting. Why should I stay here? <laughs> yeah. Why would I, I have no reason to I've, stay? That's really what he said. I have no reason <laughs> to stay here. Charity's resting. And he leaves. He dips the fuck out. And he leaves. And Kay's mad about it. But she spots the teddy, teddy bear, bear from the hospital. Simone has hidden the teddy bear from the hospital under the side table well, in the I'm, living room. Some, I don't think Simone hid it. Charity brought it home with her. Did she? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Charity brought it home with her. Then how did it end up in the I living don't know, room but before Charity, her? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure. Well, maybe Simone did bring it in there. I didn't see. I honestly didn't see either of them take it in there. But Charity Charity did bring it home with her because Simone left the teddy bear there. Yeah, you're, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, either way, there's no statue in it. Yeah, she's like, wait a minute. This is not as heavy as it was, as it once was. Yeah. And she's like, what could have happened to the statue? And then she calls Simone because Simone has gone home. Mm. Finally, (laughs) this child has been away from home for months. We never see her go home ever. Mm -mm. We've seen her one time when she yelled at Eve. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And like once at the very beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Simone has gone home. So Kay calls her and says, You'll never believe it, Simone. Someone took the statue out of the bear. <laughs> like she can't conceive how it got out of there. Yeah. And Simone's like holding the bird statue going, oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at it like, oh, I don't know what happened. And she's like, maybe you should just give up. Yeah. So um, should we just briefly talk about Tabitha? For sure. Okay. So Tabitha um, has been talking at charity, sending subliminal messages through the vent. 
kill Miguel, kill Miguel, all this other shit. And she has all this stuff with the doctors and the nurses. You're crazy. You need to be here. No, I'm not. Let me out. Um, but then a really big thing happens. Mm-hmm. The nurses see Timmy talking to Tabitha when he's outside of his doll form. Mm-hmm. They hear him too. Like and they, they hear, hear his voice. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, oh my gosh, we've got to do something about this. Uh, let's go get the doctor and see what she says. Mm-hmm. So the doctor comes in and makes some observations. They're, they're looking through the door. So Tabitha doesn't realize that people are watching. And the doctor insists that Tabitha is in the middle of a, of psychosis that she's, that she, her personality is splitting and that these conversations are happening between her and herself. The doll isn't speaking. Of course, it's just the doll. So they have to, so they're going to go in and sedate Tabitha. And take the doll away and take the doll. She away. says that's make that's only making it worse. She says she's got split personalities and that doll's just exacerbating it. Right. So they go in and I have a question about this. Uh, they can't get the hypodermic needle into her skin. Is that a <laughs> witch thing? Like do witches have like unpierceable skin? I don't, I have no clue about that. P- particularly. I just know that Tabitha goes 300 years. Of course I've grown a tough skin. <laughs> a tough exterior is what she calls it. A tough exterior. After 300 years. Yeah. They couldn't, they couldn't get her with a needle. They couldn't get her with the needle, but they did get Timmy. They got Timmy. They pulled him out of the room. Some nurse put him on the windowsill and he immediately fell out of it. Yeah. Well, Tabitha's <laughs> yelling at him. Timmy, you must, you must finish my work. You must go to the Bennett home and finish my work. She must kill him. She has to kill. Like she is not making a good case for herself. <laughs> no, no, not <laughs> at all. To get out of this hospital. I wonder how the hell she's going to get out of there. Is she just going to get her powers back while she's in there? Maybe. That would be nice. That would be nice. And she just disappears herself. Yeah. Yeah. We skipped. I skipped the thing with the angel. The Uh, angel. Fuck that angel. Because like, why? What was the point? She didn't do anything. She like visited Tabitha and visited Charity. And it was and literally didn't. She, you know what? You know why she showed up? Because she's going to be back soon. Well, she showed up so that Tabitha could see what was going on with Charity and Miguel. Because when she comes into Charity, I mean, when she comes into Tabitha's room, she puts the scene of Charity, like stalking Miguel with the, the kitchen scissors on the TV so that um, Tabitha can watch uh. um, because they're just going back and forth. I'm going to bring her to the dark side. No, you won't. She's good. Like they just do that. It's bullshit. It's stupid. She goes to the Bennett house, Bennett's house and she like gives uh, charity, like a psychic message, kind of like how Tabitha has been doing it. Except, saying, except that she explicitly said that the big man upstairs, I got in trouble from intervening before. So I'm not allowed to do anything or say anything now. Well, I think there's a difference between, I think so kind of like how Tabitha basically doesn't have any powers, but she can still send charity psychic messages. Mm. I think it's kind of a gray area. Oh, okay. I, that's what I, that's what I decided anyway. It was like, okay. so she, as long as she's not like using a certain level of power, I don't know, whatever. It's stupid. I can go with it. The angel comes in and they, we get a stupid cross my heart. Monta- montage, 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 So yeah. Yeah. That's so that's it for magic, it. right? Yeah. All right. So now we're going to move on to trouble in paradise slash troubled marriages because literally every couple that is married and the couples who aren't married yet are having trouble. That's true. Yeah, they all are. Every couple in this uh, show right now is in some big, 
big, big, big, big trouble. They're in big trouble. Well, remember, Tabitha has made that board. Yes. She's got this poster board with every single pair uh, and has found is finding a way to insert herself and cause trouble where uh, wherever possible. She wants hearts to break all over Harmony. So here's your summary for uh, all of the troubled marriages. Eve tells TC what she witnessed between Sam and Ivy at the hospital, and he assures her that Sam is completely innocent in the situation and that, and that Ivy is the aggressor. Eve struggles with whether she should tell Grace or not. Meanwhile, Ivy worries that Eve will tell Grace what she saw and makes her way over to the Bennett home. Eve and Sam have a conversation about Ivy, and Sam says he plans to tell Grace everything. Eve says if he doesn't, she will. Ivy shows up to the Bennett home and things get tense, to say the least. Ivy tells Eve that if she tells Grace, then she, Ivy, will tell TC about Eve's past with Julian. It's a lot. It's so much. (laughs) It's just a lot of tattling. Yeah. And that she will hire a private detective to dig up the proof she needs to ruin Eve's life. Eve and Sam both try on several occasions to tell Grace about Ivy, but Grace just keeps walking away from them randomly. They both decide not to say anything to Grace after she tells them about her friend who ended up in the psych ward after finding out her husband had been cheating on her. It's a lot. Like it's a lot. And that's like my concentrated boiled down version. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So I just want to, immediately start this off by giving props to ivy and eve oh these my God. scenes were blistering oh my god chewing up the scenery so the majority of this week's like action in, in this storyline takes place between ivy and eve and it's amazing and the thing is oftentimes i get very tired of hearing the same thing over and over again but they had the exact same conversation multiple times and every fucking time I was there for it I was like this is fantastic oh they go toe to toe and it just got better and better and better and you're right they had the exact same conversation like four times within an episode and we did and we did that for five episodes and they found a way to make it interesting every time these two are killers they're so good yeah fantastic So uh, let's talk about what happens at the Bennett home. TC and Eve have shown up to, I guess, like hang out. You know, they're their best friends, whatever. Mm -hmm. And Eve has been struggling with what she needs to do. TC has told her, I'm sure you'll do the right thing. You'll decide what whatever you decide. I got you back. You're the perfect wife, the perfect friend, the perfect mother and doctor. I know you'll make the right choice. Yeah. And so she they go over and she has a conversation with Sam, right? Mm-hmm. And Sam basically tells her, like, I'm going to I'm gonna come clean. Yes. He says, you know what? I've never been unfaithful to Grace. I will put my foot down and tell Ivy a definitive no. Uh, and we'll put this to rest. You, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come clean. And, and I, uh, and Eve tells him, well, uh, if Grace tell, if Grace asks me, then I'm going to tell her the truth. You know, I'm not going to keep the secret from her. So you have a little bit of time, but if she brings it up and I think she's on to you, then you, you better come clean sooner rather than later. Yeah. So basically Eve has told him, I'm going to tell her if I have to, (laughs) you're on notice. Yeah. Like if it comes, basically if it comes up. (laughs) Yeah. 
And she's like, and it's been coming up. Yeah. So multiple times, Grace is just like in and out and in and out. Like there's a cake and there's a phone call and there's a, like, there's just so many times. And she, every fucking time she comes back and she's like, oh, Eve, you wanted to tell me something. Oh, Sam, you wanted to tell me something. And then she just interrupts them and then is like, oh, my bunt cake. It's so annoying. So annoying. Like she comes in and interrupts to say, hey, tell me that thing that you wanted to tell me and then interrupts them just to leave again. What the fuck? And they both have told her it's fucking important. It's very. Yeah. They both have said it's very important. At one point, Ivy shows up and then they start saying it's important and it's about Ivy. Like they start (laughs) like they're starting to get more and more information out there. And she still just doesn't want to hear it is what it is. She just doesn't want to hear it. So. Uh, Ivy actually calls and Sam answers and uh, she says, is Eve going to tell Grace about us? Because and this is, you know, what's interesting is this reversal that Ivy has made. This bitch was ready to blow everybody's fucking life out, life out of the water. Remember? Mm-hmm. She's ready to like end it all. <laughs> she was ready to, you know, Thelma and Lu- Louise her fucking life over a cliff. Well, the interesting thing, I'm going to, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit is at the end of this, we learn that Ivy no longer wants to, to blow up lives. She just wants to have an affair with Sam. We finally learned that this is her goal. She has decided. She's decided. I don't want to break up any marriages. I don't want Sam and Grace to divorce. I don't want me and Julian to divorce. You know, I I don't want y'all to find out that uh, Ethan is not Julian's. I'm sorry, son. Yeah. Yep. Uh huh. And she's like, I just, I just want to have an affair. That's all. That's all. That's it. <laughs> just a little old affair. It's like, woman, what are you talking about, girl? Woman, thou art loosed. <laughs> uh. So she calls. Sam answers, and he tells her, like, I'm gonna tell her, <laughs> basically. Mm-hmm. And she's like, You fucking can't. And he's like, Yeah, I can and I will. And they hang up. And Ivy comes over. She comes over and it's the best greeting of all time because Eve opens the door and the first thing out of her mouth is, you bitch. A robust, <laughs> robust, <laughs> you bitch. That's the greeting. It was That's fabulous. That's the greeting. I loved it. It was fantastic. It was so funny. It just like, that's where we're starting we're starting at a 10 and these women took it up to like 12, 13, yeah, 14, it was so 50. Good. They just kept counting higher and higher. It was amazing. Uh, so Ivy comes in and Grace uh, comes out of, out of the kitchen and she goes, Oh, Ivy, what brings you by? And Ivy goes, Oh, I just wanted to come and check on your darling niece. She's still having those fucking visions. <laughs> <laughs> just want to check on you guys. Then Grace again, like goes somewhere else oh she goes off to the shop she goes off to the shop she gets a she gets a phone call because then uh grace i mean eve wants to tell her right then and there once ivy right. shows up and grace is like oh sorry i have to go to the shop you can tell me about whatever it is eve that's really important later yeah and so she goes to her shop so she goes to her shop there's there's this this back and forth just keeps happening for a variety of reasons at one point Grace looks at Eve and says, what did you want to tell me? And Ivy is standing right there. And Eve is like, well, maybe we should talk about this at another time when it's just the two of us. And Grace is like, well, Ivy and I are friends. Whatever you have to say to me, you can say in front of her. We're all friends here. But then later in the episode, Grace says, Ivy and I are friends, but we're not like close like that. So like, wh- what is it, Grace? I... Grace is annoying. Grace is starting to annoy me. <laughs> Grace is... I am becoming undone by Grace. 
She's really starting to annoy me. Yeah. Sam and Eve actually end up having the conversation as Grace is doing something. And Eve says, we can't let Grace get too close to Ivy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Sam agrees, basically. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Actually, before Ivy shows up, I want to just rewind very quickly. Before Ivy shows up, Sam and Grace sit down and Sam is coming clean. He's in the middle of it. And then he gets a phone call and she's like, no, you should go. But he wants to stay. Yeah. He He, wants to hash things out, but he gets called away, I think, by the police. Yeah. It's like a the police commissioner or something like that. Yeah. So and he he actually told her, he's like, that can wait. I need to tell you this. But she tells him to go. Do you think she knows what's coming and she just doesn't want it to happen? Because she keeps running out. Yeah. On some level, that must be it. Yeah. Because Uh, a lot of these are really um, thin excuses. Yeah. So uh, Sam's gone by the time Ivy shows up, actually. Ivy and Eve, once uh, Grace is out of the picture because she's hopped off to the shop, popped off to the shops, popped off to the shop. Grace? No. There's so many names. I know. I, and Eve and Ivy are too close. Yeah. So I start like saying, I say Evie and that's not anyone. Yeah. E- yeah. Eve says, well, Evie oddly. Evie oddly. I know. As soon as I said that, I was like, oh, well, she is a drag queen. Yeah. Eve's entire demeanor is like dark at this point. She, she tells Ivy, maybe you better leave because, uh, I'm about to blow you out of the water basically. And, uh, Ivy says, you're awfully smug for someone who has so much to lose. If you say anything to Grace, then I'm going to have to tell TC about your affair with my husband, Julian. I mean, she just drops that bomb. She really does. She and I wrote that. I wrote that down, too, because it's so good. And Eve tries to bluff her way out of this. But Ivy calls her bluff. Yep. Because Eve's like feigning ignorance. She's like, what? <laughs> oh, that, how ridiculous. But honestly, Eve... I love it, though, because Eve is like, what proof do you have? And Ivy says, well, Charity's visions. And Eve goes, the d- the demented rantings of a disturbed young girl. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is Ivy doesn't really have proof yet. She but just, she could get it. She just knows. And she, she'll get it somehow. She could get These it. These pictures are going to come out. Oh, for sure. And you know Ivy's going to end up with them. Oh, yeah. You Somehow, I was the only person that could, whose hands they could end up in, and it means anything substantial for our story. The way that the trajectory that we're on, right, right. Unless they go the murder route and they end up in TC's hands, and they are at his house, but I don't think that's going to happen. They're not going to kill Julian Crane, no. And even well, they might, but they're not going to do it in season two. Oh yeah, well, and also like the, in a soap, soap operas are different than like a game of thrones kind of situation where it's like, yeah, show, some shows do kill Grey's anatomy is a soap opera in a way, but it's like a primetime soap mm-hmm. and it has been running for a long, longer than passions ran. Uh. Although it's less episodes cause they don't do it every day, obviously, right. but like they kill, they, those kind of types of shows kill people off very, very easily. Soap operas do not kill right. people off very easily. And generally when people get killed off they come right back <laughs> like they come back at some point yeah it, lo- jack on days got killed like four times this is like <laughs> where the how the fuck stefano kept coming back <laughs> kept coming back 
he finally he died in real life the actor Mm. so they couldn't bring him back Mm. so sad sorry anyway so yeah uh i don't think they're gonna go the murder route with tc because especially with it being a such a prominent um character Mm -hmm. julian right not gonna kill off julian like julian's basically your only villain right now besides k and k's not really the a villain right right yeah yeah I mean, yes, she is. I don't know why I said that. That I bitch mean, is a she, villain. I mean, she's definitely a villain, but um, for some reason, it feels like they're trying to convince us that she's not. It feels different, I guess, because they're kids. It feels different. I think it's supposed to feel different, but to me, it doesn't. And it might just be because I'm seeing this for the first time as an adult grown woman. Mm-hmm, yeah. I think if I was watching this as a kid, I think, I don't know. I think that it would definitely raise some alarms, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't. I remember, I remember very little about them, that, that those storylines like Kay, Miguel, Charity. I loved Teresa. I loved Whitney. And, and then like the K storyline was very whatever, Jessica, like whatever. It feels like we're supposed to think that it's just kids doing kid hijinks. Yeah. But it doesn't feel that way to me. Well, she was talking about date rape. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, as she, an adult, and, she, and like, she started talking about that in like episode one. You know what, though? I think because it is so r- ridiculous, like, of course, you're not going to. She we know that that is not going to happen. But the fact that she even thought that up is dangerous and Psychotic, horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think as a viewer, it's supposed to be, like you said, like hijinks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it isn't, but I think we're supposed to think that it is. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, what, 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 we're off track. We're off track. <laughs> so anyway, the, so Ivy and, and Eve are going toe to toe and they're going to take this show to the hospital next. Yeah. So they're uh, at the house first, right? Grace is gone. They're going toe to toe. And uh, Eve feigns ignorance about this affair with Julian, but Ivy says to her, the look of pure fear in your eyes says it all. And then Eve says, you wouldn't say anything. And Ivy says, we both have guns to our head. Who's going to pull the trigger first? I fucking loved it. So oh, good. it was so good. We both have guns to our heads. Who's going to pull the trigger first? Because it's so true. Mm-hmm. It's so true. They both have to sh- keep fucking quiet yeah it's uh mutually assured destruction yep. right yep 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 which it is sure which is. which creates great drama great tension oh. I, it's wonderful yeah yeah in a tv show it's mm-hmm. not so great when you're thinking about nuclear powers right <laughs> <laughs> but in a soap opera yeah, i'm loving it yeah <laughs> i'm loving it <laughs> mcdonald's is not a sponsor but if they would like to be please please <laughs> please it would be great to have some sponsors on this it really would be even if you want to just like send over some parfaits I love McDonald's, McDonald's parfaits. I haven't had one in a long time, but I used to love those things. I haven't had McDonald's in such a long time. I'm not a huge, I, I'm not a big fast food person, but I specifically did not like McDonald's. Well, look now me, they'll never talking now, shit. Now they're never, <laughs> now they're never going to fucking sponsor us, Laura. No, honestly, the other day I haven't had McDonald's in a very long time either. And the other day I was like craving some kind of junk food. Like I was like, I want to eat. I'm, I don't have any groceries at home. I got off the subway down at the junction. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't have any food at home. 
I should get something while I'm down here. So I went into Chipotle, but the fucking line was insane. And so I came out and I was like, McDonald's is right there. And so I was going to go in McDonald's. I was like, girl, you will be sick. Go I, home. Yes, it makes me feel sick. I was like, go home and eat some eggs. Like, <laughs> you will be, just go home and eat, make up what you have. Yeah. But so I didn't get it. But yeah, I don't particularly like McDonald's it always either. seems like a good idea and then you take your first bite and you're like no it wasn't a great idea and then about an hour later you're in the bathroom and you're like terrible choice what's your favorite fast food I um think- my favorite fast food is probably i mean it's been a long time but i think arby's i was gonna say the same thing oh my god bitch me too <laughs> i love arby's i think arby's would be my favorite fast food my fa- and so i Okay, I'm so glad you said that because I saw a meme the other day. It was like, who are these people keeping Arby's in in um in business? And I was like, me, bitch, me. Well, not anymore because I never eat Arby's. I, but there's if not I, around us. But if I if we were near Arby's, I probably would get Arby's more often. Yeah, I am one of those weirdos who almost doesn't like actual roast beef because I grew up on like Arby's roast beef sandwiches, and I thought that that's what it should Ooh, taste a ba- like. A bacon beef and cheddar. It. Oh my god! And those so curly good. fries. Oh my, those mm. those like they're um, jalapeno poppers, so fucking good. They're popping. Oh, they are popping and hopping <laughs> in my mouth. I'm sorry, I'm way off track. Way but off Arby's track. is so good. Also, I do also really like Taco Bell. Taco Bell's another one where it's like 1:30, you're hammered, and it's like, oh man, I'm gonna eat. Some, I'm gonna fuck slam some tacos in my face, Ugh. and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then again you get through that first one and you're like what is what have i done to myself okay it never tastes as good as i think it's going to see I, I think you have like higher expectations than i do because i go in knowing it i feel like i get the exact same experience from taco bell every fucking time and i know what to expect every time and it's and it always hits right at my expectation like it never exceeds it Uh, but it never is below my expectation either it's always below my expectation and part of it is i'm spoiled because the place across the street has the best tacos i've ever had well those are real tacos yeah so it's like and i'm a better like i'm a pretty good cook so like i can make something that tastes better yeah but sometimes my own home sometimes you just crave a little poison right like yeah. sometimes you're just really craving a little like Yeah, but that's what nacho chemicals. cheese dip is for. Well, the nacho cheese dip at Taco Bell is so fucking fire. Like it hits so hard. It's so good. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're really way off track. Okay. 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 They go to the hospital because Eve, <laughs> because Eve ate too much Taco Bell. No, because Eve got a page from the hospital to come to the hospital and then they get there and find out that Charity is being released because she's not having her visions anymore. Uh, Grace is overjoyed. Eve tries to stop it. Eve wants to keep her locked up. Well, she's my patient, so she's not allowed to go home yet. Okay. Ivy tags along, and so she's there for all of this, too. And so everyone is against Eve. Everyone. Dr. Watts, Grace, Ivy, Charity, that nurse. Everybody's like, why do you want her locked up here? And Ivy goes, yes, Grace. Yes, Eve. Why? Why could you possibly not want this girl out and talking? Poor Charity. Again, poor Charity. Mm-hmm. Poor Charity. Eve and Kay would have her locked in that ward forever if they had their druthers. Yeah. That's so fucked up. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to stop feeling bad for Charity. Yeah. So Eve and Ivy go off by themselves at some point because Grace has to like sign the, the discharge papers. Yeah, they have several asides. It's this it's it's the same thing 
as before where these two keep finding ways to to get away from the group so that they can fight each other. Also, multiple times, Eve just grabs Ivy by the arm and drags her away. (laughs) Drags her away. So so one time, Grace has to do the discharge papers. So they go out and they have their conversation. They go toe-to-toe again and they basically go back and forth on, I'm going to tell, no, you're not going to tell. And if you tell, I'm going to tell TC. And if, you know, and if you tell TC, well, I'm going to tell Julian. Like, they just do that Mm -hmm. a lot. Yes, and eventually we get to a place where Eve insists that she's going to tell Grace the truth, and Ivy asks Eve, well, have you thought about what that would mean for Sam? Because Mm -hmm. it would ruin it. You're friends with him. If you tell Grace about this, then it's going to ruin his life. It's going to ruin his career. What about their son? What about their three daughters that they now have? What what are you going to do about that? What's he going to do? How's he going to feed his family and take care of his family? He's not going to have a job anymore. You know, it's just like this this big thing. And that I think that makes Eve think about it a little it bit. It does make her think think twice. And she goes, face it. And then Ivy sees her kind of on the ropes. And she goes, face it. You can't tell Grace about Sam and me. But uh, Sam overhears this. He, Sam walks in and he says, you're wrong. I'm going to tell her my damn self. Mm-hmm. You're right. She, actually, you're right. She can't tell her. I will. I will. So he he says uh, he was wrong to keep his past from Grace and that she deserves a lot better. And he says, I'm going to do whatever I can to prove to her that I love her and only her. And then Eve gloats. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No. So, Eve, so Eve is all smug about this. So Ivy is like, fuck it. I'm going to call her out. So she asks Sam if he would be so quick to defend Eve if he knew that she had an affair with Julian. So Sam is scoffing at this because he thinks it's ridiculous. He laughs out loud. He LOL. Yes. (laughs) He's like, that's preposterous. It doesn't make any sense. And how would Charity know about it, even if it was true? Like, this is ridiculous. And he has the reaction that Eve has told Ivy everyone's going to have to. Yeah. But Ivy stands her ground with it. Ivy does stand her ground. It's just interesting because, like I've said before, Ivy doesn't know Eve. Everybody else does, though. Mm. And so it's very easy for Ivy to just like, yeah, this this tracks. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> This is true. But every, no, it's going to be very hard. For, she's going to be hard pressed to find somebody in this town who have all of these people have been treated by Eve as a doctor. You know, they, they're just going to be like, no. And it's been like 20 years. Right. She's been with TC. Honestly, it's not that big of a deal. Well, I'm not sure. In my opinion. Uh, no, I it's I don't think it's that big of a deal. It ha- you know, it happened so, such a long time ago. And I'm not sure if they were married at that point. I don't they know. Weren't. I don't know mm-hmm. enough about the past. Mm-hmm. They weren't. So, so it's unclear. But um, I, I'm not sure that Ivy knows that it's in the past. You know, Ivy might think that it's an ongoing thing. Yeah, I think I think she does know that it's in the past. Mm-hmm. I I because if it was an ongoing thing, she would definitely know about it at this point. Like Julian is not very discreet. Right. Uh and uh she's caught him numerous times, mm-hmm. you know. So I think I think she knows it's in the past, but she's teasing Eve like she's going to say it as if it's an ongoing thing mm. uh, 
But either way, I guess because it's Julian, that's the only reason that it's such a big deal because TC like fucking hates him. But we know for a fact that Eve met TC while she was having the affair with Julian. Julian was married to Ivy for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So Grace ends up walking into this conversation but doesn't really know what's going on she's just like oh i know you had this important thing you wanted to tell me what's happening and he starts to open his mouth and be like we should talk about this at another time or in another place blah blah and she's like oh wait i see my old friend maureen what's she doing in the psych ward and she walk, and again she walks away and has a stupid ass conversation with this woman who's like well i'm in the psych ward because my husband cheated on me and my life fell apart And so Grace is like, well, if my husband cheated on me, my life would also fall apart because I wouldn't see it coming. Yeah. And she's like, I would probably end up here, too. And so she comes back and tells them that whole story. And that's what keeps uh, Eve and Sam from saying anything to her about it. Yep. She just didn't want to hear it. She knew what was coming. And she didn't want to hear it. Yeah, I agree 100 percent. It was very annoying. V annoying. Yeah, so that's it. Basically. Yeah, basically, uh, Eve Eve pulls Ivy aside one more time, physically grabs her and yanks her outside one last time, and tells her, uh, "This is far from over." Mm-hmm. And uh, she sa- she threatens to tell Julian uh, about her Ivy and Sam. And Ivy says, you won't tell him and you don't frighten me, Eve. I know there was something between you and Julian and I know there's proof. And Eve says, you don't frighten me either. And if anyone should be worried, it's you. Woo. It was great. The scenes are on fire. This week was great. Great, 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 great. All around fun to watch. Yeah, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's it for the week, right? Yeah, that's it. Remember, you can always catch us on our social medias. We are at Passions Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as at Podcast Passions on Twitter. You can send us an email at passionspodcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. And you can also get in touch through our website, which is passionspodcast.com. We've got merch up there. We've got a forum for you to post on. You can reach us through that form at... Uh, through that form yep and that's and that's pretty much it so with that you are my passion for life